0: A Highline Podcast. No normal people. Friends and welcome to no normal People. I'm your host Stephen Henning, and this is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Normally, I'm accompanied on these intros by my wife and partner Dixie Lee Henning, but she's taking a sit out this evening. So you're stuck with me. I want to get us straight into this one because honestly, I owe you from last week. I think we missed an episode drop last Tuesday. Thank you for your patience. Appreciate the DMs I got. Things are fine. Uh, we just, I mean, honestly, sometimes life gets crazy. And ultimately, I'm okay with that because, again, this is a podcast by normal people, for normal people, and about normal people. So sometimes life just gets in the way. It's true. Uh, so without further ado, let's just throw straight to our guest, shall we? Our guest today is the delightfully funny Rach Angard. I had the pleasure of meeting Rach on Twitter first, which honestly I'm just realizing is kind of how I've met a lot of current friends. That's fun. There, I mean, good plug for Twitter, I think. Here's my Twitter take. If you find Twitter to be a just heaping garbage fire of the worst conversations you could possibly have on the internet, that honestly says more about you and the people that you choose to follow and the accounts that you choose to collect around yourself. So I'm just going to leave that judgmental thought there and keep talking about our friend Rach, who I met on Twitter. Um, I have since been able to visit her in person. I went down to Denver for a metal show that I talked about a couple episodes ago and got to have a delightful dinner with her and, and a couple other of our mutual friends. And just like this episode, just like my experience of Rach through the internet waves in person, I I left that experience of dinner, not only feeling full from the food, but so full of energy and the juice as I call it to go continue to create the things I love to create. Uh, My cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. My stomach hurt. I had (laughs) I had ab cramps from laughing. She is a delightful person through and through. She has some wonderful thoughts and creativity and what it means to create in this world, make things out of nothing as we do this together. And we all just kind of like pretend we know what adulthood looks like. We might as well Keep playing through adulthood, right? So Rach gets to talk all about her comedy, her introduction through improv, her stand up, the show she hosts in the Denver area called The Flea Market. It's just a wonderful time. And I hope you feel like I'm making up for the absence of an episode last week because this one is coming in, clocking in over two hours long. So do not be daunted by such length, my friends, if you don't have two and a half hours to spare for this podcast episode, go ahead and just hit one of the mid-rolls, take a break, and come back to it. We'll be here for you when you're ready. So with that, let me introduce you to my new friend, Rach. We're going to get started with some rapid fire questions these are either or just from the gut no need to think too hard about it are you ready Rach
1: I'm ready let's do
0: it libraries or museums
1: oh that's so hard museums correct
0: a while ago it was big on the internet to debate whether the dress was black or blue or white and gold what did you think white and gold laundry or dishes Uh,
1: those are literally my I like avoid them you can't say neither I know, I think I'm gonna have to say I hate them both. No, neither.
0: Deal. Rain or sun? Sun. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Homebody or free spirit? Free spirit. Spender or saver? Spender.
2: <laughs> do you call yeah. it
0: do you call it soda or pop? Soda. Books or movies? Books. Introvert or extrovert? extrovert that sounds about yeah right. big
1: big one yeah in my
0: in my 14 <laughs> minutes of experiencing you so far yeah it's yeah.
1: pretty clear <laughs> thank you yeah i'm not great. hiding that one right. <laughs>
0: Yeah. so now we're moving on to some more open-ended icebreaker questions um first okay. of which being do you like the feeling of being surprised
1: i love being surprised i think that's why i love comedy so much mm-hmm. oh. when it's good yeah, when it's good, you're surprised by what somebody said. And
2: you're not expecting it. Totally.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. Is, and I love surprising people. Yeah.
0: That is the correct way of thinking about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just to affirm you for that. Thank you so much. What was your first job?
1: My first job was babysitter. I was like neighborhood babysitter, probably classic. starting at like 10. So classic. Yeah. But then like my first job where I had, you know, a W-9 or whatever, That's not the right form. One of the W's.
2: Yeah, yeah. One of the W's. Yeah. One of the government forms. Uh (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) So that my first government job um, (laughs) was was a shoe seller at Famous Footwear.
0: Delightful. That's good. I love. Yes. What's your favorite dine-in restaurant?
1: That's a fun one. There's so many good restaurants around me. I'm really I'm a huge cafe girl. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge. Oh. That's the place I dine in the most is at cafes. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to choose two and and Denver people will get it. They'll, They'll like, know. Yeah. yeah shout, They'll shout, know. Them,
0: shout them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of them is Corner Beat, which is like this awesome vegetarian cafe. And it just like everybody. It's just like cool, good vibes. Very queer, very plants. It's awesome. And very close to my house. And then the other one is Weathervane Cafe. And they had indoor seating closed for the last two years. They just opened it back up like three weeks ago. And it's like in this old little house. And it's just filled with stuff that I would fill my house with. Just like a bunch of g- cute Goodwill furniture right. and decorations. Just full of knickknacks. And I love knickknacks. <laughs> and so, yeah, I go there and I go, this feels like my second home. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those are my two favorite dining. And you can get
0: fantastic place. food there. I love. Have that.
1: you been to the Weather Vane? I've Ugh. heard
0: of it. I've already heard of it, though. Really? And I'm actually going to be in Denver like in a month. And are I think, you really? I think I might have Alex take me there. <gasps> yeah, you want oh to come to lunch God. or something?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, let's do that.
0: That sounds okay. amazing.
1: Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Steve and Alex and I will go to the Weather Vane, yeah. and you'll yeah. be like, "This place
0: rules. This place is so cute." <laughs> Delightful. Uh, Yeah, it's a date. I love it. Perfect. What has been the best gift you've ever received?
1: (sighs) Okay, best gift I've ever received is letters from my friends. Mm. I love a handwritten letter. And it's actually so funny. So today is (laughs) I cherish them.
0: <laughs> yeah okay. no i get I cherish it them
1: so much right and like i was actually thinking the other day so it's um my friend connor's birthday today and we've happy kind of established birthday, connor. happy out. birthday connor and we've kind <laughs> of established this unwritten tradition where for each other's birthdays we write each other letters and um i will never name it to him i'm naming it to everybody else but i want it to remain like unnamed between me and connor yeah and you know so like this will probably be like the third letter i've written him that he's getting for his birthday today. And it's just we just do it. And I think it's very sweet and it's very fun and it means so much to me and I'll cherish them forever.
0: Oh yeah.
2: I used to have I used to have a prison pen pal. Did you really? Yeah.
1: What did this prison what was the prisoner in prison for?
2: Oh I don't know. I was like seven. Oh (laughs) I was I would just like draw pictures and be like, today I went to school. And also I found a snake. I hope you're having a good day in prison. Oh, that actually probably was really, really sweet for yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it wasn't a long-lived thing because um, I stopped getting letters at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't really
2: know what that means. Maybe she got out. Right. You maybe she got to, out.
0: You hope to God she was released. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: That's exactly what I hope it was. And you know what? Wait, in our I'll minds, in our story, she was. She right.
0: was. Released. I'm
2: pretty sure her name was Jess.
0: That's my truth
2: yeah <laughs> we'll look her up that's great <laughs> yeah jess who was in prison amazing in like 2001 <laughs> so should be able to find her
0: next <laughs> icebreaker what are foods you will never eat
2: So I'm a vegetarian
1: so I will Immediately yeah right right Meat (laughs) Uh but then like even within That but then like there's a part of me where it's like if I'm At this really fancy restaurant In Monaco Which I'll never go but you know if for some reason I Was and they were like we have the Best steak that ever has existed On this planet and it was sourced so ethically And this cow was loved until the day he died Right Mm -hmm. I think I might be like I think I have to But then I would my pants like crazy afterwards
2: (laughs) But <laughs> I get explosive <laughs> diarrhea.
1: But My it stomach is not it. used to that. Not at all. So I like hold what that is as this a possibility. <sighs>
0: right,
1: exactly. Where it's like red meat. What's going on? But like, so in that situation, maybe I'd do it. But otherwise, I just wouldn't. I'm like, sure. I'm kind of out on meat. You right. Know? Sure. Your stomach's like, yeah. is
2: this blood? Are we <laughs> eating blood? <laughs> what Same. is this? Right.
0: What is this?
2: We need to get rid of this fast. That's what happens now.
0: Yeah, Mm it's true.
2: That's
0: how it is. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in?
1: Low rise jeans.
0: Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) They're coming back. Hell yeah, dude. And
1: I'm my my <clears throat> biggest and my friends all know this. Everybody who's talked to me for more than 10 minutes knows that the one thing I will proselytize is high waisted jeans. Yes. I'm like we never need to go back. High waisted oh. jeans are hot. Let's just only wear those. Yeah, right.
2: I don't care if I look like a mom and I'm not actually a mom. Like I would yeah. rap- those they're so much more comfortable.
1: So much more comfortable. They like, you know, emphasize your waist. Yeah. They're hot. They're cute. Low waist jeans the, were made the, by Satan. Yeah. It's like we and don't men, need probably. muffin top. And men, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't want muffin top. That's not hot. They're same like, difference, right? Nah. right. It's bad. So low rise jeans.
0: Satan, bad Satan and
2: men, that's the same thing. You just said the same thing twice.
0: Okay. I like that. Um, <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve?
2: My biggest pet
1: peeve is people chewing with their mouth open.
0: <laughs> oh, nice.
1: Can't
2: can't be around it. Steven is the loudest chewer in the world. <laughs> Even with his mouth closed. I have
0: to stress that it is not with my mouth open. Apparently. Yeah, not
2: open mouth, but I it's just, still just like.
0: I just have resonant chambers in there, you know? <laughs>
2: Apparently. Right. I don't know. You can't control
1: that, but you're chewing with your mouth closed and that's what matters. Right.
0: I, I chew mean, with enthusiasm. I can't
2: eat with him if I'm like. An
0: earnest chewer.
2: If I finish An my earnest food chewer first and he's still eating, I will leave the table. You're like, I gotta
1: get
0: up.
2: not Like, I love I you and I can't be
0: this. around you. I can't with the mm-hmm. mouth sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you call your best friend?
1: My best friend is Mackenzie yes, I gave her a whole name. You're going to have to blurt the last name. Huh? Shout Leave out. It. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what's her sh-
2: social security number? <laughs> okay, so
1: her social security is 172. No. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, what if it did start with 172?
1: That would She be... would text me and be like, what? what? How did you know? What the f- <laughs> don't, right. don't give that to people. Yeah. Right, exactly. So we like our circle, our like lives circled each other for a very long time until we finally met working at the same place. Mm -hmm. And we just totally fell in love. And she's like the light and the star of my life. And she lives in New Orleans and I miss her very dearly. And
0: do you write letters?
1: We have written letters to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love her so much. I miss her so much. I was like crying the
0: other day where I was like,
1: I don't live near Mac anymore. And I just want (laughs) to be in her life every day.
0: (laughs) Do you have a favorite failure? Maybe something that taught you a good lesson that has stuck with you or set you up for a future success?
1: Oh, that's, you know, somebody was talking about failure recently and I was like, uh, this next sentence i'm about to say sounds nuts but i'll i'll explain it. Give it i'm like i cannot think of a failure in in like a in like the sense of what i think of failures as i had a lot of like hard periods and a mm-hmm. lot of times where like things were very hard and didn't work out the way i want them to but like okay i thought of it i got it got it i had to really talk through it to get there absolutely okay we're working so through this together thank you guys so much for like yep. being here for yeah, me absolutely. during this hard time so in high school, I wrote books. I like wrote novels. Wow! And yeah, I wrote one. <laughs> I, I wrote write one that called down For Later. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You can resurrect that. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote one called Live on the Edge. L I V. Her, because the character's name was gotcha. Live. And uh, it was like a young adult book, mm-hmm. and I wrote the whole book over like maybe a summer in a, a summer in a few months. Yeah. And uh it was like 350, you know, word pa- like pages in word. And then one day uh I was like, well, here it is. It's just sitting there. And then I decided one day for some reason to look up if somebody else had written a book called Live on the Edge because yeah. I I was like, I'm a genius, you know. So smart. And so so smart. And so <laughs> I looked it up and I found a website for this author who was like this this book is like going to be published called live on the edge. And I got so mad. I got so mad that what I did is I did all the research necessary to like figure out how to try and get a literary agent. And so I like typed all that up, like assembled a bunch of things. I sent out like 60 letters to literary agents, probably like 18 years old. And uh, yeah. And I have a, a folder on my email still to this day called agency rejections because I got all rejections. I got I, either people didn't email me back or I got a rejection letter, but uh oh my I did God. it. I tried. <laughs> yeah one person like messaged me back and was like hey can I get the first three chapters sent her the first three chapters and she was like no absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not which honestly reading it back yeah I get it it's not it's not well written it's written by like you know it's like written by a 15 16 year old who's trying to work through some things and just loves books and doesn't really know how to write fiction
2: yeah but
1: yeah so I think that was probably my biggest failure where it's like Nobody wanted to take this book that I'd spent so long writing. Wow. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. How often do you revisit the the rejection email folder?
1: Never. Like an,
0: like like inspiration. Like
2: I was right. going I either, should. I should. It's either daily or never. So <laughs> right. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Every every day, I wake up and I go, "Let the haters fuel you," and I look through my rejections. Yeah. You fuel my hate fire. From years right. ago right exactly now I'm like oh I should look back at them most of them are canned right where it's just like of course dear author thank you so much for taking the time this is a piece of (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and I'm like looking back I'm like I haven't read that book since then either there's one book that I've gone back and reread like parts of but that one I have not gone back to reread which would be hilarious to go look back at it and be like oh yeah this (laughs) was a mess (laughs) There's
2: one email that's like please never write again
1: yeah, exactly. I would stop.
0: <laughs> is oh it, yeah. Uh,
1: Go ahead, say it, Stephen.
0: Is it worth manifesting the idea of like self-publishing things on like Kindle?
1: <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. I think you
0: just get them out there.
1: I yeah. I think yeah. Right. I, I get need to those read books live on there. the edge. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you guys a copy. Thank you. Thank Amazing.
0: you so much. Yeah.
1: You know what the best gift I ever got was? Actually, I know what it was. Okay. Wow, I can't believe I forgot about this. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> it yeah, it, this this all reminded me of it. So in high school, my high school best friend and I, Laura, we both were writing books at the same time. And for my birthday, she printed up a copy of Live on the Edge and like made a, like a handmade cover. Aww. Yeah, and she just like printed up an actual copy of the book I wrote. So like I have a physical copy. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's probably the best gift I've ever gotten. Sorry, Connor's Letters.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, sorry, it's Connor. It, yeah, I'll tell him. I would him put to it write. on a shelf and then just wait for somebody to be like, oh, what's what's this? And then attack yeah, I them and be like, don't read it.
1: <laughs> don't, please don't. <laughs> no. Please. It got rejected by 60 agencies. You cannot crack it open. It's, yeah, it's the just, secrets it contains. It's just
2: full of nudes. Please don't open it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then for the right person, I'd go, actually, check yeah. it out.
2: Actually. <laughs> crack that baby open. I like it. Okay. Crack that baby Let's open. See. Yeah, exactly. Let's see if you hang out after you read it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's such a fear where it's like, yeah. Okay, so one time. Um, now we're just like distracting from this question. I hope this is okay. Um, so I wrote another book, which I'm sure I will talk about at more length later in this uh, interview. But one night during the pandemic, my COVID group of friends and I sat in my friend's basement and I assigned everybody a role to read from this other book and we all read it. And it we were crying of laughter reading this book because a it's terribly written yeah. and b it's just like okay rach you were working through some feelings you know that's what this book is about and, and it was just one of the funniest moments of my life where i was like i'm so glad i trust you guys to read this very vulnerable thing i wrote yeah. at like 17 18 years old and also i'm so glad we can lose our minds at how hilarious this is yeah.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm.
2: I found a journal yeah. from when I was in high school and Ugh. burned that. B- absolutely not. <laughs> Lots it's of hormones over. and feelings and nobody else needs to know about yep. it. <laughs> it's for
0: your
1: memory. It's for your memories
0: only now.
2: Oh, it's Classic. gone. Like, I don't want it. Just stay away. <laughs> Get
0: rid of it. My goodness. So as if we're merely still breaking the ice at this point, my last. <laughs> yeah, right. Icebreaker question for you is Let's hear it. When you were little, what did you tell people you wanted to be when you grew up?
1: Oh my god, I told people, okay, so in my 6th grade yearbook, we actually have it like written down in there. So one of them was fashion designer for a really long time. At Obviously. 10 years old, I was like, I'm going to go to the Rhode Island School of Design to be a fashion designer. Yeah. Uh which I don't know how I learned about that college, but um <laughs> then for the most part it was I'm going to be a singer and an actress. Sure.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, right. And I'm kind of doing that now.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's very yeah very That's good. Yeah. Maybe if you got into fashion design, we could have avoided low-rise jeans, though. I, uh, I'm just putting that out there.
2: Is it on me? Do Miss, I have to yeah.
0: take responsibility? weight of this is, is on your shoulders? Yeah.
2: Okay, it's I like will the bear flap it. Flap of a butterfly's wing. You know, like
0: <laughs> it's just Rach like that.
2: decided she wasn't going to go into design, and now we're <laughs> cursed with low-rise jeans.
1: Wow. Guys, I just want to like really fast. This is actually for the people. This, this is, is for like you guys. But this crime. is also for everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I never got into fashion. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't go to the Rhode Island School of Design. If I had done that, then maybe we wouldn't be cursed with seeing jeans that are three inches below your belly button. And for that, America <laughs> and the world, I'm really sorry. And i like, you'll yeah. forgive
0: me. Are you listening, politicians? This is how public apologies <laughs> this should is how, go. This
2: is- <laughs> you take that was the criticism and then you say i'm so sorry yeah and also i forgot to say
1: and i'm listening and i'm learning and i'm gonna do better
2: i hear you
1: i'm gonna take
0: a few months off of social media to recalibrate and recenter
1: and my family and i would really appreciate your uh you respecting our privacy at this
0: time we we covet your thoughts and prayers but please respect our privacy yeah that's so good. I love this. Thank
2: you. Thank um, you, guys.
0: Yeah, so there it is. I'm I, glad that, we
2: could cover this. That's
0: really all we needed yeah. from yeah, this. Yeah, so we're so going to we go. Can, we could cut this early. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Great, we need great. To.
1: Yeah, because after after a big apology, you have to end it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Where do yeah. I go yeah. from Done. here? That's the highest <laughs> It's note only we
2: could... a direction <laughs> yes. from here. Right.
0: <laughs> yes. A direction? Thank is you. that what you said?
2: Yeah. Amazing. East. <laughs> East. Yeah. fill feel a Northwest.
0: Rach and guard. I am enjoying my time with you immensely so far and we haven't even like cracked into the main section of what this podcast is designed to be yeah. so
2: and i'm tolerating it so
0: thank you oh,
2: <laughs> i'm miserable i am depressed <laughs>
1: what That's... if i just stormed off angrily what if i just like took my headphones off and i go you guys are seriously pissing me off and i just throw off my headphones i throw them at the screen and you just, i just like stomp away and you hear me going i'm done
2: i'm done i'm done so
0: this is what would happen is i'm a very conflict avoidant person and i think i would just shrivel up and die right here
2: i would laugh <laughs>
0: Dixie would just be like
2: <laughs> I have accomplished my goal yeah so destroy everyone
0: thank you so much for being on this podcast this has been this is a delight so far and now we're gonna oh, get yeah. we're really gonna get into it
1: I'm so excited I want to
0: start from the beginning and learn about okay where you grew up and what your family was like growing up with yeah. as little or as much detail as you prefer
1: Totally. So what's so interesting about that question, now let me, I'm going to give you a preface, which I am famous for giving prefaces and so I love. I will do famous. that now to honor my infamy, well, right? Well, you're,
2: you're an author, so. Wow. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you. I am an author, an unpublished one, but oh, yeah. an author nonetheless. You did
2: it. Thank
1: you. <laughs> so uh, I'm. I just started with a new therapist recently and it's narrative therapy. And I don't know, most people don't oh. really know what narrative therapy is, so I'll just kind of tell what that is a little bit. It's very much the concept is like you are the author of your own life and we can think about things as story and like through images and metaphor. Uh, it's incredible. Cause like I tend to think about feelings through metaphor. Like mm-hmm. uh, my, this is what my, my, my therapist is so good. I'll be like, it kind of feels like there's a boulder on my legs. And she goes, Oh, you're scared. And I'm like, Oh, oh that's the word. <laughs> right. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't have the words for the feelings. I have the images and then she can name the feelings. Yeah. Which is very oh, cool. I love that. So she's awesome. So she's also just like homework assignments, which I love. And it's like writing. And so my first one was like, what? Write about the chapter of your life you're in right now. Just free write and then choose the title for it. And then my last homework assignment was to write chapters zero through five and five through ten Whoa. and name those. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then my for my next appointment, it's 10 to 15. But we're going to keep doing this, obviously, until like I catch up. But it's, so it's just very fascinating because I've been thinking about that so much lately. Interesting. Interesting, right? Totally. So, so what do and, you have for you chapters
0: zero through five? Is five. that, what, is that what this is? What I've asked you about?
1: Yes, <laughs> Yeah. exactly. That's exactly what you've asked me about. So that one, the title of that is Stories Only because you I don't, don't really remember anything. Yeah. I have, I have almost no memories of that time.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Which I thought was normal. <laughs> I was like, I like I literally get it. said to her, I get it. yeah. right. It's like I said to her, cause I was a nanny and I nannied for these two girls uh, at separate times in my life who I loved so much all before they were three. Mm. And I would get very sad being like, oh, they'll never remember me. And she was like, no, they probably will. And yeah. I. Cried because I was like, <laughs> these girls were like the lights of my life, and it really destroyed me to know that I wouldn't be remembered. Oh. Um, because I just thought everybody's memory didn't start until they were like five or six, huh. but it starts a lot earlier. Yeah, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah. So like, okay. So I'll tell you the gist, and then I'll kind of tell you the things I remember. Yeah, I was born in California, right outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. And then San Diego, okay, mm-hmm. and uh, me Woodland Hills. Uh, La Mesa. If that means anything to anybody, <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up. Th- well, I was born there, moved here to Colorado when I was five, almost six. Mm -hmm. So I like I said, I don't really remember anything of that time. My earliest memory was being in my neighbor Grant's bedroom and he had a bunk bed and we were playing with Legos all over the floor and he jumped from the top bunk onto the floor of Legos. (laughs)
2: And he died. I know. Yes. <laughs> and he was never
1: seen again. No. Him and Jess.
2: Yeah. The British, no. yeah, they just disappeared.
1: They just disappeared. <laughs> and I asked my parents a while ago, I was like, do you guys remember that? And they're like, I think so. I remember him crying a lot.
2: I remember a hospital trip. Oh, right. yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. He must have been in so much pain. An insane thing to do. Yeah. And then one of my other early memories of California was of, uh, like a babysitter we had at the time. We were playing hide and seek with her and her son. And her son was probably like 13 or 14. And he like hid up with like this like c- curved curved wall or something. And he like hid up there and we could not find him. We spent so long trying to find him that he jumps down from like the ceiling.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my but gosh. But then my,
1: the other memories is like moving here. I yeah. remember that mm-hmm. very clearly. Because like yeah. that was such a big transition. Oh, mm-hmm. like yeah. I remember getting off the plane, getting a new car, picking up our dogs, driving to the new house. I remember those
0: a lot. Totally. Did you yeah. grow up with any siblings?
1: Yes. I have one younger brother named Jake, and we're like two and a half years apart. So he probably barely remembers California if he remembers anything. Oh, yeah. He moved here when he was like three. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And Four? then you did <laughs> three. And then you did <laughs> oh, no. most
0: of your growing up there in Denver.
1: So south of Denver, I grew up in Highlands Ranch, which is just like okay. I did like a hometown tour for somebody the other day. And I was like, well, this is one of the most boring places in the entire world. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like it was literally built and designed so people could live there. You know, it was yeah. just like people it's want like, to send their kids to school. It's just a house. <laughs> it's literally just houses and yeah. grocery stores. Yeah. That's it. And uh-huh. it's so terribly boring. There's I'm like, like no oh, industry
0: built around like the town. Laurel like or- for us.
1: No,
2: no. I mean, we have. Trains and refinery. Laurel only
0: exists Because of the Refinery in the Train yard
1: Literally well, yeah. Which like that, But it's what's Fascinating about that Is that it exists Around an industry right? Yeah. right And like My town that I Grew up in Does not It literally exists For the sake of Existing so that People can live there And send their kids To school Oh right so it's, it, Right It's so weird It's like there's Nothing going on It's fascinating There's no history it And your parents
2: Were like Yeah
1: <laughs> This is, this the, is place. the place This is the place good this is the place. Our yeah. daughter has so no memories,
2: so let's live in the most <laughs> bland place in the world. She remembers yeah, a house like, and a car, I think.
1: Right? They're like let's <laughs> let's let's make it even harder for her to remember yeah. things. Everything looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, it's just nuke town
0: cookie cutter. Yeah. <laughs> cookie
1: cutter McMansions. There you go. Yeah. Like some of the ugliest designed houses you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> so was
0: this the always? Was this where you went to high school too? in this town
1: yeah mm-hmm. what yeah, kind of yeah, yeah.
0: what kind of kid were you in high school i want to know like extracurriculars you were involved in or not involved in i guess yeah however you want to frame that but like yeah what were you up to in high school
1: school
2: <laughs> As i I, were I was like we like, all re- right i mean <laughs> i definitely wasn't up to school in high school <laughs> yeah. Else. So,
1: right. And I was like, I was a very good student. I'd been told that very, very early on. And so it became very much my identity of like, I'm a good student. Yes. And yeah, right. Right. You get it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that became my identity where it's like, I just took AP classes and like school was very easy for me. And I loved learning and mm-hmm. I was good at it and I got praised for it. So, like, yes. Um, and the I, praise I was,
0: is what feels good, right? It's like, oh, thank you. Yes. The recognition. Yes, that's
1: a, the recognition. That's all I wanted. Yep. I wish you know? I understood like, this
2: feeling. <laughs> Just
1: try being good at school. <laughs> eh,
2: no, it didn't work out.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's And it makes sense to me, like how high school is hard for people and, and it was really hard for me socially like mm. freshman year of high school I was I was bullied constantly oh and so like yeah it's so, like I didn't have any like friends and then became very like anxious and sad and it's like things that I'm understanding about myself better now where it's like oh one thing I was going to share from my zero to five chapter oh, yeah. was there there was this letter I found uh you'll see how this ties in um from my mom's C. friend <laughs> Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> and my mom's friend had written me a letter for like my third birthday. She was Aww. like, Rach, I'm going to tell you what you are like at two. And That's uh so it was it was such a marvel to find. I wow. like ended up do yeah, I did that for the girls I just stopped nannying for recently because I was like, I want you guys to know what you were like at this age. this letter means so much to me. Like you guys right. should have one this, too.
0: That what a gift.
1: What a truly an absolute gift. Like it's it, it's so incredible. And and uh, in it, the thing that stuck out to me the most was like this very specific section where it was like, Rach, you are so funny and love to make people laugh at the dinner table. When you say something that makes people laugh, you stretch your arms out and say, Rachel's funny.
0: <laughs> no way. No yeah. way. Yes.
1: And I read that and I was just like. I did. Oh, it. I did it. Yeah, and so I like <laughs> had this like huge spark as a kid, you know, just like this very weird outgoing, like performative kid. But then I think freshman year of high school really like tamped that down for me, you know, oh, where it's just like yeah. you know you're not that anymore. And so because of that, I didn't do any extracurriculars. Like mm, I was obsessed with the theater. Kids desperately wanted to be in theater. I went to every single play. Like absolutely obsessed with it. And just never did it myself. Wow. I was was like too scared to do it. Yeah, like
0: wallflower kind of thing. Yeah, like I definitely,
1: you know, like like talked to a lot of people and like had some extroversion. But I think I was so scared of what people would think of me that it was like, I'm just not even going to I'm not even going to put myself out there then. Because what if I get made fun of for
2: it?
0: Well, that's a thread we're going to be revisiting when we talk about comedy, because that's how we (laughs) started talking on Twitter was. It almost seems like the point. That's like my absolute (laughs) terror about trying stand up is the same feeling, but I feel it now, and you do stand up. So we'll come back to that. Yeah.
1: Okay. We'll come back to it.
0: After high school, did you like move out right away? Were you like ready to get out of there, off to college?
1: Oh, wait, I have one more thing to say about high
0: school. Okay. I'm just going to
1: give my friend Laura again a shout out. Because yes. she was such a freak. She was such a freak. <laughs> we started becoming friends like junior year of high school. Yeah. And she was just an, an unabashed weirdo and and truly helped bring that out of me again, like mm. little by little. And like now I'm like fully stepped into that. But um, writing books, together, I'm, like, right? Yes, exactly. And just like being weird. Like, oh, yeah, we would just. Just being absolute weirdos. We just like ditched class a lot to go read together at Tattered Cover and kind of just like cause mayhem there, you know. But I'm like so grateful for her to, for being like, no, look, this is this part of you. I'm, I'm going to like pull it out. And I'm like still seeing the ramifications of that today, which is very
0: beautiful. Amazing.
1: So another shout out to Laura. So now on to college.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was because I was good at school. I was told a lot. You should be a teacher, you know, oh. of course. Okay. So, yeah. So at 15, I said, okay. <laughs> I, guess. I will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I can do that. Do it,
0: People are being so? affirming yeah. about something. So that's
1: exactly right, <laughs> Steven. Cookie cutter. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. I was like, yeah, I'll cook, it. which is Obviously. so funny because in, in high school, too, I was like, I became like a very militant atheist sophomore year of high school. Okay. And and it was a very Christian town. Yeah. Like, I was the only Jewish person. I was like one of the only liberal people. And it's just like, I became a huge atheist and like fought people in the hallways. I was like, we're debating, you know, with like the Christian kids. <laughs> wow, yeah. So <laughs> obnoxious, you know? So it's so funny. Go Let's right. Fight, I, God is dead. I will
0: say, <laughs> I will say, um, I was, I was one of the, he was the other one. I was the Christian who would have been Stop. fighting with you, but he I want to get tell you
2: ba- to into debates with the um, teachers. Yeah, yeah, what was the guy? Thought my bio Just teacher, and yeah. my chem teacher
0: about evolution. Yeah.
1: Oh, that we would you have need to go we would have apologize. been fighting in the halls a lot.
0: So, but you here's need the to go thing. apologize. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have sense of actually legitimately at- apologized to those teachers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good uh, for you. Here's the thing, though, is. I, I can truly say that people like you were all that people like us were looking for. So absolutely. God. We were a gift to each other, right? Like we were just looking for someone to spar is it, with.
1: Is it yes. a gift? It is a gift because we needed it. We needed that mental stimulation in high school, right? And like, I'm sure you probably, like me, existed online to do those debates, right? And then it's like, that's not fulfilling enough. I need to do it in person. And then it's (laughs) like... you didn't get
2: Facebook until he was like a junior in high school, so...
1: Me neither.
0: Hell yeah, dude.
1: (laughs) But I I used Yahoo Answers a lot. Heckin' yeah, you did. (laughs) R.I.P. R.I.P. Yahoo Answers. Uh, R.I.P. I'm I'm gonna quick pour out my iced latte for uh, (laughs) Yahoo Answers. Best in her memory. No I think you're so right where it's like we kind of We were a gift to each other and like That's so funny to think about in high school we would have Found each other and we would have just been debating And then we would have been like friends Afterwards kind of Uh but still Hated this about each other
0: right
2: Absolutely
1: (laughs) right Fascinating wow
2: I was the Mormon kid So I didn't get into arguments With anybody no
1: you were just like I'm nice And kind of I'll be good I definitely don't have
2: sex with my boyfriend I am such a good (laughs) Good little Mormon girl.
1: Yes, you're doing it right. You're doing it right, guys. I definitely don't, guys. I am a virgin. Obviously,
0: yeah, yeah. So being a praised student, being told that you you should be a teacher, the move to college was that felt natural. I'm guessing. Yeah, right. It felt very
1: natural. And like I applied to one college. I was like it was the the college in Northern Colorado. Shout out University of Northern Colorado. Any Greeley heads out here? (laughs) Um,
0: No. What? Crickets?
1: There aren't? That's
2: so weird. There's only like six of us?
1: Right. Some people love Greeley, like Mac, my best friend. We actually lived on the tiniest part of campus in like these dorms that only housed like 75 to 100 people. And so we lived in the buildings next to each other and never met, which is so crazy. Right. Another just like weird thing. But she loves Greeley. She like sings Greeley's praises, which I love about her. Um, right. And so I went there because it was like they have an incredible teaching program. So I applied to one school, kind of knew I was going to get in, got in went there for a year and Mm -hmm. uh, it was a mess it was a mess (laughs) I was just like this girl who desperately wanted romantic attention and didn't get it until college and so then like I was happening a lot in college and I was like drinking all the time and just like constantly hooking up with people Mm. and and then like felt like later. I was like, oh, whoa, this sucks. You know, it's home for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then like the night before we were going to move in, drive up to Greeley, move into an apartment, I had a panic attack at Target. And oh. I just like looked at my mom and I go, I can't do this. And she was like, what? I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. And you know, she was obviously like, what the f-? <laughs>
2: What are you
1: saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. And we should like, let's just buy everything, went home. Her and my dad were so, so supportive of it. They were like, Okay, you can stay here, but here's what needs to happen: like you need to go to therapy, you need to get a job. Like these are all the things that need to happen. You can live here again, but it was it was rough, right? Like telling my friend who was go,
2: but (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) They were like, yeah, and I'm so (laughs) grateful because like
1: they didn't know so much of the things I was doing and the things that happened to me until many years later, right? But they were just like, Rach is freaking out. She doesn't normally freak out, so we just like trust that. Mm. Um, so I lived back at home for a year after, you know, deciding to take time off, which I think was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. And then and then I was like, I'm ready to get out of here. I was like 19. I had a serious boyfriend. I was like, I got to get out of my parents' house. Yeah. Right. And it's time. (laughs) It's time. And so then I like lived in an apartment by myself at like, yeah, 19 years old. So then I was so psyched to like live by myself. And then I started going to college At that time at there's a there's a school in downtown Denver called Metropolitan State University of Denver. And it's like a commuter campus. So Mm -hmm. like nobody lives on campus. There aren't like dorms or anything. And you can kind of be in class with anybody for between the ages of like 18 and 80, which is a really cool, unique college experience. Like I did not have the typical college experience and it took me a long time to to finish college. Cause I was like working and then uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer during that time. So I became like her, her caretaker. So it just like took me a lot longer to like finish school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, so grateful to have been doing that so that I could be there for my mom during those times, you know?
0: Totally.
2: Uh, Do you mind my asking what kind of cancer? She was
1: yeah, she she had breast cancer and she's okay. she's around, she survived, she's like gotcha. doing great. It's been like five years That's awesome. this summer that she'll be clean. Yeah. That's Amazing. awesome. In remission. Yeah. Wow. Really incredible. And like it was definitely like a tough, really hard experience yeah. to, you know, do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. At 20, you just your whole your whole like primary social years were like just didn't exist.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, and every like support structure that you know parents to be is like under threat, right? Like, yes, that's that's a huge amount of stress that doesn't get talked about much.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally, and Stephen, to even like top that off, my parents started getting separated just a couple months before she found out she had cancer. Oh, so wow. it was yeah. Wow. Are they
2: divorced now?
1: Yes. Yeah. They're divorced now. And but my like they stayed together so that my mom could like have health insurance during like, you know, chemo and stuff. Yeah. And my dad went to like a lot of chemotherapy appointments and I went to all of them, but he went to like probably like 75 percent of them.
0: Wow.
2: That's good.
1: Yeah. It was incredible. And like, but it was really a weird thing to navigate all at the same time.
0: Oh, yeah. So through your time in college. It, t- it takes you a while to finish, but when you do finish, yes. what degree do you hold?
1: My degree was drum roll, please. <laughs> English education
2: yeah (laughs) okay that joke makes (laughs) more sense now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like and then while I was going to school I worked at a high school so I I like started working at a high school at like 19 I was a teacher's assistant or 20 I was like a teacher's assistant yeah and I worked at this private school for kids with learning disabilities for Mm. like three and a half years Mm. while I was getting my degree yeah yeah and then I like decided then I like you know started student teaching and got hired by that school so I worked in schools for like Almost five years, mm-hmm. like my first five years of my 20s. Wow.
0: wow. Is that what you still, is that what you do now for work? No. You've moved on. <laughs> no. I've moved
1: on. It's so, it's, it's very interesting, like, to understand why I loved teaching so much, like, mm-hmm. compared to the things I do now. Where I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, so I, I, I. When I started student teaching, I kind of knew I didn't want to be a teacher. I was like, well, but this is the last semester. You know, get the degree, obviously. That is an experience Um, we've heard
0: from other people. Like, yep, (laughs) most people.
1: Right. Right. Because it's like, (laughs) why did I decide at 15? I mean, but I also do have a strong belief that as a kid, you know what you're supposed to do. And then you spend your life, you spend your life finding it again. And And I was just yeah, that's one of my firmest beliefs and it's like if you want to know what you're supposed to do go look at what you loved as a kid and that'll tell you everything
2: I'm sold I'm gonna go take helicopter flying lessons yeah see exactly when I was four I said I wanted to be a helicopter driver
1: (laughs) and you were right and we're gonna see so many more marine biologists in the world oh my (laughs)
0: gosh oh
2: I mean to be fair I think we need more of those and less astronauts Interest. Okay, wait, because we In have that it-
1: conversation. I can't wait to fight about this.
2: <laughs> we have not We have not Like, we don't even know enough about like the ocean. And it's there. Like, the stuff, stuff on that the is on the planet. Right. Like, why do we need totally. to keep
1: trying to go to why Mars? Why do we need to go up? Yeah. And make it uh, so hard. Don't even get me started. I like would t- It would turn into a whole different yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 it would. <laughs> right. But then like, you know, like we were talking about, somebody told me that I was good at school. So I was like, I know how to be good at school. I'll do school forever. Yeah. You know,
0: I'll just be on the other side of school.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then like I somebody was like, hey, you'd be a really good therapist. And I was like, cool, I'll do that. Yeah. So then I like applied for grad <laughs> school, got into grad school of course. and uh, yeah. And then like started going, doing that. The fall of 2019, I like moved back home with my dad, Whoa. so I didn't have to take out more student loans, started going to school to be a therapist, took one of the best classes I've ever taken that like helped form my like worldview. But at the exact same time, I started taking improv classes. <laughs>
0: Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, yep. Yes.
1: Yes. At the exact same time. Uh, sorry, guys. Can I pause for one second? I just you said something that is sparking something that for, OK, I have to write something down. Please do, do it.
2: Put it in your Facebook.
0: This is the this
2: is the process. Journal. Yes.
0: You're listening to No Normal People with Rach Angard, and we'll be right back. Hey, you drink coffee probably, right? You're listening to this podcast. You are you might be doing the dishes, or you might be driving to work or driving home from work, you might be taking the dog for a walk, folding laundry. You might be sitting at your desk, pretending like you're focusing on your work while you're listening to the delightfully funny Ray Chandgard in this moment. And wouldn't it be better with a little bit of a caffeine boost? Well, you're in luck. Because on the Highline network, we happen to sell our own delightfully roasted coffee blend made by the genius roasters here in Billings, Montana at Revel Roasting, where they have made an exclusive blend Available only for Highline listeners, you couldn't get this blend in a shop or on their website. Head on over to the Highline shop to come grab a freshly roasted bag that will be shipped directly to you as the freshest coffee you could possibly find. No sitting on warehouse shelves or grocery store shelves. This coffee is roasted with you in mind with every small batch we send through Revel, so... Grab yourself a bag and get yourself a caffeine boost today over at Shop. If you're new around here, you might not know that No Normal People is a proud founding member of the Highline Media Network, alongside fellow Normal People podcasters over at Keller's Couch and Ravel. And today, we'd like to feature a short teaser from our friends over at The Whiskey Bench. If you are willing to give an inch on someone that you don't like and use that as a justification to use force against them or to exclude them in some way or anything like that you are leaning into these authoritarian ways of of viewing the world and so the only way to combat that is to truly love your enemy because if you're willing to use force against your enemy you better be careful because you're going to become the enemy at some point and force will be used against you.
1: Um, okay. Thank you for that. You're that that you, you You. have no idea what you just gave me. I'll, uh, I'll tell you about it later. I definitely but
0: want to hear about that. So yeah, Yeah. yeah we'll I'll just tell you that. now.
1: Well, I'll just do it really fast. Okay. So like I've been asked to go on a friend's storytelling show and the theme is classic and for the life of me, have not been able to figure out what to do with, classic right right but and then last night one of my friends goes do something that feels like classic rage or whatever and then what you just said or like something that's like oh that's so classic and I'm like oh that's great I'm gonna yeah. tell that story
2: Got it. so thank you I'm so great. Yeah, so thank glad. you Dixie you're so yeah. welcome <laughs> meant to do that I knew yes
1: yeah. you knew you I like it really did <laughs> I like thank it. you so, so I found improv yes you found yeah, improv at oh. the exact same time as I started grad school <laughs> and I was working as A a manager of this store here that's like it's like a bar where you go and do art projects. So I was managing that, working and doing improv classes. And They were like super flexible. Yeah, Denver rules. (laughs)
2: Like every time someone says something else about Denver, I'm like, why do we live here?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come to Denver. You know, it's only the one of the most expensive freaking cities, but it's (laughs) worth it. So I found improv and fell in love. It was like. It was suddenly well. The summer before that, somebody told me like you're funny, and I was like, I'm funny. Rachel's funny. that's exactly right. Exactly. I had spent so much of my teen years being told explicitly I wasn't funny, (laughs) and and all I wanted was to be funny. I, I all I all I it was the thing I loved the most was comedy. I sought it out constantly. Wow. And then somebody was like, you're funny, and I was like working as a canvasser for the human rights campaign one summer. And it was like the first time I like knew I was funny and people appreciated my funny. And one person was like, Hey, let's go take an improv class together. So we took like a drop in and, uh, I like have this note in my phone that I wrote right after taking it. And I was like, oh, I found the thing I'm supposed to be doing. This is just playing. This is, this is everything I've been looking for. And I couldn't take a class because I was student teaching. I wasn't making any money. But I knew as soon as I could afford it, I was going to take a, an improv class. So finally, a year later, I was able to sign up. And I was like, oh, this is the best thing in the entire world. This is the best thing I've ever, ever done. And I just want to do this forever. And uh, at the end of the semester... Uh, like I said, I was living with my dad, and I was dating some guy at the time who was like a musician, and he classic. was like, you know, doing the, the uh, classic. Okay, dating a musician. This is actually. <laughs>
0: this is just keep a this running is list now. Dixie's gonna, exactly. Dixie's gonna, exactly. Dixie's gonna throw it in just the random, most random <laughs> f- moments for the rest of the day. I
1: know exactly. This is this is perfect. This is all inspiration. I, you're gonna I have just this care for you. You're gonna have this uh, list,
0: and your friends are gonna look at it and be like, "None of this is fuck? classic, rage. What are you talking about?" this is just classic Dixie
2: it really is I married a drummer so yeah right so there you go yeah Uh, yeah, you're like that's me
1: I did it (laughs) Yeah, I know. All I want to do is date musicians. I have a sickness. Um, And so so then at the end. So he was like roughing it. You know, we were watching some show. Kate McKinnon was talking about how much she loves comedy. Uh And I started crying and I go, I think I get that. And he was like, I think you're supposed to live a creative life. And I was like, oh, and then, uh, oh, my heart's like racing. Then I like write another
2: book. Live a creative life.
0: Oh, (laughs)
2: book two
1: book two baby she's back and she's liver than ever
2: she was on the edge and now she's creative
1: yeah exactly that's kind of the story of my life yeah and like i went to my dad and i was like dad i have to tell you something i think i need to quit grad school and just keep doing comedy. And I do love improv, improv too much. Classes. And my and my dad <laughs> Every said, "Every <laughs>
0: parent's dream." By the way, <laughs>
2: I'm going to be like, an actor. Right,
1: right, and my dad goes, "Hell yeah!" And I was like really good dad he's like do it my dad is my number one comedy fan yes so good hands down he's the reason I do comedy like he he started showing me stand up at such a young age and I just like (sighs) we listened to Brian Regan and and Gary Goldman on repeat Uh I like insisted that we listen to those Uh at like 10 I was like this is what I want to listen to this is hilarious (laughs) this is hilarious So, my dad is like my absolute biggest comedy fan and like it was so huge to have him just be like Yep, do it. And I was like, "Okay, I will." That sounds great. I right. will. I'm going to do it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. it was so
2: cool. That's yeah. awesome. Classic.
0: Wow. Okay. So the <laughs> gonna the journey, it. yeah, <laughs> the journey to grad school to realize that improv is really where it's at. Yes. And you were drawn to improv by like one of those drop in classes with a friend.
1: Yes. That yeah,
0: is incredible.
1: It's crazy. It was like that, and that feels like as all those kid.
0: serendipities. Just like lined up, right?
1: Are you ready for another one? This is this one is crazy to me. Yes, so my all time comedy idol is Paul F. Tompkins, if that okay. name means anything. To you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So like for the people who might not know, he you might know him as the voice of Mr. Peanut Butter on BoJack Horseman. Uh-huh. But before that, he hosted VH1's show Best Week Ever, which I watched religiously. I watched it. <laughs> I, I recorded it. I watched it. And I was obsessed with Paul F. Tompkins. I was like. I was like 13, just obsessed with this guy. Yeah, loved him. And then fell out of that for a while. And then a few years ago in school, somebody told me about a podcast called The Hilarious Worlds of Depression. And she was like, I think you'd love it. And so I scrolled through the episodes to find somebody I knew and I found Paul F. Tompkins. And I was like, oh, my God, I loved this guy in middle and high school. I've got to listen to this one. Yeah. So I listened to that loved the episode. And he taught, he was talking about a podcast he did called Spontania Nation, which is my all time favorite podcast. It is not on air anymore, which is an absolute shame, but I have listened to every single episode multiple times. And the first one I listened to, it, it's like he interviews the guest, then he interviews the improvisers, and then they do an, uh, an improv scene. Right. And I, I listened to it, taking the light rail to school. And I was like, this is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> What is this? And I just consumed, consumed so much improv. And then a few months later is when people started to be like, wait, you're funny. Let's do improv, blah, 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 blah. Whoa. So, like,
2: Whoa, I know. So, funny. I
1: like, yes, Whoa. exactly. And I was like, oh, so I like, owe, I owe like my life now to Paul F. Tompkins. Good to <laughs> yeah. know.
0: Amazing. What yeah. a delightful sentence for you to say. What I love. <laughs>
1: It's nuts I like One time had a dream (laughs) I like You know Want to see him Perform comedy live Very badly Right And I had a dream That I saw him Perform comedy live And I was like I have to I just have to go Say thank you to him And this other comedian Was like the MC And he wouldn't Let me go say anything To Paul Tompkins. And I was so mad I
2: know I know I was like Please please just let me And I will fight people Who get in your way Yeah (laughs) I will freaking do it. Dixie's throwing
1: bows to make sure I can go. Thank Paul F. Tompkins. I'm only Coons. here for Rach. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thank you.
0: That's right. Yeah. So let's talk about everything you do in the world of comedy now. Sure. Surely improv is in there. I know stand up is in there because that's how we started talking on Twitter. Right. Right. Um, and are you also in the the sketch writing world with Katie right now?
1: I am. Are you at Rise as well? Yes. Yeah. So that's where I started taking improv classes, and that's where I know all of my people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like everybody. Yeah. It's a tribe
0: now. From what I hear, it really,
1: it really is. It's it's fascinating. I like met this group of people through improv classes January of 2020, and then we all started like you know we were all becoming friends. I had not met Katie at this point. Yeah, because she hadn't started taking classes there until during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right, but like met these people and we all really connected and we were all becoming friends and then lockdown happened. And I truly do not know how the decision was made. I I cannot remember for the life of me, but we all decided we're the we're COVID circling. And so it was like me and seven other people and who truly barely knew each other. We, Uh for the most part, like some of them had known each other for a while, but weren't close friends. And it was just the eight of us for like a whole year. And cause a lot of them aren't from here. And we just like foomp, found each other yeah. and amoebas. it was all because of, yes, yes. we <laughs> felt It was like little amoebas and it was all because of rise and all because of improv. And then like, Whoa. I started taking sketch classes over zoom during the pandemic and mm-hmm. that's how I met Katie. I, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, she became really integrated into that same circle and it's just like, Oh, right. These are the people you've been looking for your whole life. Yeah.
0: Right. So now you're integrated in the rise team now on the the sketch team. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You are also I'm assuming continuing to do improv. Is that through rise as well? Like you're on a team there.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I kind of stopped doing improv for the most part back in like June and July. I was having like a a lot of mental health things going on. Sure. And uh, improv is not good when you're not present, and I just like wasn't wasn't present oh, mentally, yeah, and so I just like uh, it was really hard to like quit that team because I loved them, and I was on a team with Connor and two of our other friends, but I was just like I uh can't do this anymore I I'm, I'm not that every time I come off stage I feel like I did bad and he was like you didn't I was like oh. I know I'm sure that's true and I feel like I did bad so I just like can't do it anymore right, right. so and also I am at my core a writer so I was like I want to focus more on that and so, like was doing sketch and still do sketch like through I, I'm on one, uh, one improv show a month now which is fun nice and it's like low stakes it's just like we're trying to make everybody on the team laugh and if you laugh you're out which is like a fun little concept right um but yeah mostly every it's like single time i was the first show we did i was the first one out and then I'm i got saved an and then i got laugh. out again
2: <laughs> such, an, such eas- an easy laugh I, me
1: too i i break constantly I can't. um i
0: like improv- it's hard. that break though i honestly think yeah, it's, it's very it's very charming
1: yeah Yes, totally. There's something very fun and charming to it because you're like you're having so much fun up there. Like, you're having you so know much fun funny. that you
0: can't keep it in. Like, <laughs> right,
1: right, exactly. Come
0: on, I love the way you said that. I literally wrote it down. Improv is like this is just playing to like yes. the way you said that is like, oh, we're just like we get to revert to being children and just like yes goof off. Right.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it is. And it's so interesting because, you know, uh, people are like, yeah, but kids don't have rules, which is so untrue. Kids have so many rules. There's so many unspoken rules. Have you
2: ever played wizard in the backyard with with a four year old? There are so many rules. He can cast lightning bolt, but I can't. Yeah. Right.
1: So exactly. And like the rules exist in their heads and verbally like that. And so it's like improv as an adult, you forget that games have rules like that. And so you're like, well, I can't play. But then it gives you the structure to play. And that's why we love D
0: and D. &D. That is like exactly what tabletop role playing is. Like Yes. Thank you.
1: That's exactly what it is. They're so they're so the exact same where it's like, cool. You mean you're giving me rules then I get to play in this world and make things up?
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I, they,
1: they're very, very similar. And I think it's as adults, we need to have more outlets for play for imaginative play. Uh-huh.
0: So, you know, D&D yeah. has definitely become that outlet for me. My yeah. my other two like touch points into the world of improv right now yeah. are uh my my favorite podcast in the entire world is Hey Riddle Riddle. Oh, I've never heard of this. Please write it down. I would love for you okay. to listen and let me know what you think. They yeah. are they are three Chicago trained improv comedians. Cool. And but the the premise of the show is that they they solve riddles. So stop they they solve (laughs) they solve riddles one person uh is in charge of reading the riddle and the other two try and solve it and along the way if any of them get the whim to see a scene they just call for a random improv scene and it is seriously the most i've ever laughed um stop so
1: that sounds so fun
0: being inspired by them and also the whatever ben schwartz and uh thomas middleditch did for the world yeah. when they put out those netflix Ugh. specials
2: it was incredible it
1: was it was it was changing
2: even before that <sighs> yes on college humor yeah jake and Amir. oh i didn't even
1: know them from that yeah i just like knew ben schwartz from parks and rec
0: right but th- yeah but
1: those improv specials uh, it, it, i remember watching them with uh my friend chris right it was pretty soon into the pandemic uh-huh. and we were like improv starved uh-huh. you know because it was like like a month in and we were just like, oh, I just miss improv so much. We all tried doing Zoom prov, which was Obviously. so fun for us, but I'm sure sucked to watch. Cause it's just like, this is just a bunch of friends being stupid, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, right.
2: Right. It's the but classic, like, I wish someone was recording this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then nobody else and, listens and to it. And unfortunately, so yeah. That's
0: said right. Every exactly. podcaster ever. Right.
1: Right. It said everybody who's trying to put anything out into the world. Yeah. It's so hard yeah. to do. And so, and still a worthwhile cause, but those 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 were incredible. Those like, you know, were so much fun and, and gave a wider audience to improv because I think it's so easy to make fun of improv and I do it. But it's like improv is also one of the be- it's the best thing I've ever found. And I think that's true for so many people. Mm-hmm. I just like, gave me everything. Yeah. yeah. I've,
0: I've even heard business people give advice to say, like, go take improv classes because it yeah. just it like sets up your mind to be a lot quicker on your feet. And so like even Please. in a high stakes business meeting, if you have improv training, you have yeah. a way of like connecting dots and like forecasting it's what's coming next. Adaptability. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: it is very ooh. interesting. I'm like both so there's there's this very. Up part of my brain that goes, "Don't ever mention business and improv again." <laughs> okay, How dare you? fair yeah. enough. I'll back you know, off. Yeah. I'll back off. No, no, it's okay, Stephen. I'm just like Steven. there's like this huge anti corporate part of my brain that's like, "You leave comedy alone." Totally. Do you hear me? You can ask him. Totally. <laughs> right, but it is true where it's like those tenants are so applicable to so many things. Yeah, right, and it's. And it's gorgeous when people find it and find, like, joy and love in it. Yeah, with that cognitive training.
0: That's really what it is, right? right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's
0: talk about stand-up next because this is something you also dabble in.
1: Yes. So stand-up is kind of, I think, where my heart really is. I think it's, like, I think it's the thing I want to pursue the most. Mm -hmm. I I love it so much. I, like... Uh, I get to just go on stage and be an absolute freak. Like, I I definitely don't do like traditional stand up. You know where it's like set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like I'm kind of telling a made up story. I like n- almost none of what I say is real. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: like I would say I would say like five percent of it. It starts real and then absolutely does not stay that way. Just devolves yeah. And it's just,
0: into yeah. Just
1: completely devolves and like I tend to choose a theme to focus on for each set and just kind of like do my weird little random thoughts as they like weaving kind of a made up stories throughout. It's so hard to describe my style, but it's uh it is so much fun. I mean, I unabashedly love attention and you go on stage and it's just you up there. Yeah, and, is there
0: anything you- more like that is the most raw form I could imagine of like I don't even have like a guitar between me and everyone else like right. I, I have a microphone and I'm standing yes. in the spotlight. <laughs>
1: Yes. Oh, that's a very interesting. I never even thought about how raw that is. Where it's like there's literally nothing between you and the audience. Completely no exposed. Barrier. Yeah. Completely exposed, and it's the most. It's the happiest I feel anytime <laughs> I'm on that stage. Like my my dear dear friend Jared and I uh, have a now monthly variety show, and so right. we host it I've and heard we do stand up. Yes. Yeah. It's super fun. It's the flea market. It's really fun, and like we just started it last summer uh in june jared he says to me you know things were opening up and he goes rach i'm gonna pitch a crazy idea it's like the second week of june he goes what if we hosted a a pride variety show for pride month and i was like yes and in two weeks
2: yep it
1: was crazy and and he was like and we just like raise money for a local lgbtq center and i was like let's do it and we we turned that around so fast like got like three musicians, an improv team, another stand up to do it. And I was like, and it was so funny because a couple of days before that I'd been feeling very elevated. And I was like, came home, wrote a bunch of goals. And one of them was try stand up. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do stand up for this show. And had never done it before, and yeah, and and we just like hosted a show in our friend's backyard at the end of June, and we raised like three hundred dollars for this local LGBTQ youth center, and our friends came and drank alcohol in the backyard and just like had a fun time, and then we looked at each other. Wow, it was a literal dream. We looked at each other, started crying, and we were like, we just created a special thing, right?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs)
1: It was so cool. And then uh, to have gone on stage, be so proud, so proud of the thing I had written and get and I was so sick. You guys, I, right after the mask mandates were lifted, yeah. I just like I, I had a constant sinus infection for like two months and I was so <laughs> sick. I just drank so much Dayquil and like took so much med- medication to like try and suppress all of my sinus problems. Went on stage and I was like, all right, here we go. I'm nasally as f-. But I'm doing it, and uh, the person that we asked to do, like the actual standup comedian who we asked to do it, he was like, "Whoa, that was your first time doing standup? Keep doing it." And hey, I was like, "You're okay. funny." Whoa. right exactly Rachel's exactly <laughs> the theme of my life the theme of my life you know Where it's like oh cool yeah and and my dad came to that one and he was just like i'm so proud of you he was like that oh. ruled oh. when is the next one and it was incredible and then we like hosted another one in our friend's backyard and then we were like i think we can do this at an actual venue yeah and so now we have like a monthly show at a brewery and we like bring on Musicians mostly. Our next show is going to be like we're bringing poets up and nice. then a musician. Yeah, yes. and then we're doing stand up. Yeah, it's so fun and it's like uh I tweeted this the other day. You might have seen it where it was like I love writing stand up because it's like solving a puzzle I created for myself. Yeah. um and made whoa. the puzzle, yeah. and now whoa. I have to do yes. it again.
0: Yeah, yes,
1: <laughs> yes, because I what I do is I choose like a theme mm-hmm. and uh like so the one I'm writing right now and I write a new set every time, which is crazy, but. Uh, Whoa! So you're not even trialing
0: like, okay. So I know comedians who will take literal stacks of note cards up to the stool, right? Yeah, and just like one by one, just kind of check them off. And some are even vulnerable enough to just like bring a pen and be like, "Okay, you guys did (laughs) not like that 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 one,
1: (laughs) right? Right?" Which is so fascinating to see, where it's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and I, I don't write jokes. I like write. situations and like funny concepts right. okay
0: you know okay and so it's
1: like everything threads together like the last that i did was all about dating and just like threaded a whole thing together like the one i'm doing now is about gossip and it's like i do a different one each time mostly because it's fun but secondarily <laughs> because uh for the most part, it's been people we know that are coming to the shows. Right. And so it's like, I, they don't need to see the same set every time. That's, that's (laughs) really boring for them. You know, Yeah. like I think once the audience grows and expands, then it's like, Oh, I can do different. I can do the same thing, but. And it's, it's uh, one
0: thing if you're signed and you're like, you're building up toward like a Netflix special or an HBO special. Right. Of like, totally. I need an hour and I need an hour of my most reliably, best material right totally so that's 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 a way you stack that I, but i imagine right even with your process of writing on a theme is you you could write gossip and di- you could you could find a way to bridge the gap between gossip and dating maybe in that order or maybe a different yeah, it's like, called yeah. grab all your <laughs> themes and just find <laughs> find spots to bridge into the next one you know yeah
1: Yes, I, yeah, that's a I very could, interesting thing where it's like, oh, how does it all kind of fit together as like a whole related? body of work,
0: yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah,
1: it it is very interesting. Yeah.
0: So do you? Because I know he, Mike Brubiglia, thinks of his process as a pretty standard. Like he, I don't know if you're familiar with his podcast, Working It Out. Um, no,
1: he's somebody that everybody has been telling me to watch. So yeah. I, I simply need to uh, yeah. engage with some Mike Brubiglia. Yeah, so it's very good. Uh, his
0: style is very like narratively driven. Yeah, um, it's
2: like the last special he has out on Netflix, the last one he released is literally about his couch.
1: Oh god, that's fascinating. Oh, I have to watch it.
0: Like so there's there's Whoa. a whole it's it's one story and he he draws you through the entire narrative of it and there's jokes in between. And I, I know yeah. he thinks just listening to his podcast and knowing his process like I know he thinks of he's thinking literal like setup punchline tag like into that Mm -hmm. side of the craft so that's what he does on his podcast he he has other comedian friends on and he literally like pitches jokes and then they go back and forth and like work it out (gasps) it's literally him working out jokes for his next special with people like hannah Gatsby and ira glass was one of his guests like yeah and they're just like it's it's full-blown like a peek behind the process of That is so cool. Let let me throw something out. This is something I'm working on. How do you think I could punch it up? Or do you think it's It's going in the wrong direction? And I think the
1: thing about it, that sound, I'm like gonna go listen to that. It it sounds incredible (laughs) because it's like what's so interesting about comedy is like, Uh, especially with standup, I end up writing so much of it alone, but it's so much better when you get to bounce it off of people because comedy is inherently social, right? So it's like, you need to hear what other people do. And I mean, this is true for so many comedians. And when you have to write draft on draft on draft, you you're writing something and and the thing that you thought was so funny and so clever one week ago, you've, you've worked on it so many times that you just, you kind of have no clue. It's funny anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So
1: it's cool I am so curious because it's like to hear his podcast so that he gets those fresh ears and fresh eyes to be like, Oh, right, right, right. I forgot this was funny. Thank you for reminding me it is.
0: Yeah. 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 I I think you'll really like his specials too. Uh my favorite one is it's called Thank God for jokes on Netflix. Okay. That's one of my personal favorites of his. So Okay.
1: I'm gonna watch it. I've been told a lot I need to watch him, so yeah that will be at the top of the one
2: of them's called The Old One. Right. the okay. new one the new one oh yeah. the new one because it's the about his baby one.
1: right yeah. yeah okay okay i've heard of this one
0: so what is your process like you so you pick a theme and then what do you like i i have to assume you're carrying around a paper notebook everywhere <laughs>
2: yes and like a pen <laughs> is
0: constantly at the ready of like hold on i have to write that down
1: <laughs> constantly absolutely yeah yeah it's like so, i i have
0: So it's the idea notebook. Does that eventually translate over to like your notes app on your phone or like an Evernote somewhere where you like really hash stuff out and kind of like structure out the story or? Yeah. uh, Yeah. I want to know your writing process.
1: Totally. I, Oh God, this is a dream. I love talking about (laughs) writing. (laughs) I love it so much. Um, I have so many notebooks, so I have like a daily journal just like for my brain. And then I have a big so it's like a regular size notebook for that and then I have like a big notebook for creative writing mm-hmm. and then I have the notes app on my phone and where I have like a comedy folder and then like little you know subsections within that and then I ha- and then I use my computer a lot but so my process basically is like I'll start thinking about what have I been talking or thinking about a lot lately mm-hmm. so like the last month's one was was dating because I was like dating again and like starting to date somebody and so I like wrote down about made the whole set about how weird dating is, but again, just like very absurd things. So, what I kind of do is I, I I write down what are my actual opinions about this thing. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna start base reality. Or what are some things I've said? Like for dating, one of my favorite bits. It's a it's a joke I've probably said hundreds of times over the last six years. Where it was like, I want to get cast on The Bachelorette and go on specifically to make Chris Harrison fall in love with me and just kind of like f- up the show. Classic, <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic, classic. You know. And finally, I got to work that joke into a set, which was very exciting. Like I like came up with this whole story about how I would do it, and um I love was very. That fun but it was so fun and like i but i started writing down like what are my opinions about dating like it's so hard like online dating is so weird and like uh you don't really know who you're meeting and then like it's i've been dating a lot of men which is weird for me and like you know so doing that and then i just like keep pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling until it turns into something else so what i've done for most of them is i sit down and i just free write lately it's been like a combination of typing and handwriting Mm -hmm. and i just I just go nuts and uh, either it's like based on my opinions of things that I've said
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it usually starts that way but then it'll just explode into whatever oh this idea was funny I'm gonna write down 70 jokes in this concept like for the gossip one I started coming up with some bit which was not related to my opinion I just knew I wanted to have some gossip in there yeah and oh I know how it started. I. I started by I wrote this sentence, which means nothing. The sentence was gossip is a lot like kissing. It's best without tongue, which means nothing. But I wrote that down <laughs> like that sentence means nothing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good to know. I'm putting it in the set because I was like, especially what that when it's
2: family gossip. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very Please. true. There's, there's yes. the tag right there. Yeah, right there's tongue. the tag. Exactly. <laughs> when you're gossiping about your family, oh. and so then I started like, then I was like, oh, it would be fun to do a whole bit about like who are th- who are the good kissers and like who are the bad kissers. Yeah, you know, and like what am I like I just started writing down just a bunch of random things that came to my mind right so like uh and they are truly random like so for good kissers I wrote like walking phoenix is the joker uh walking phoenix is walking phoenix in the culturally misunderstood mockumentary uh I don't remember the name of it you know or like another good kisser a saxophone you know and then like (laughs) french horn okay yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's and I'm like, so okay, funny. Who, who are some bad kissers? You know? And then I wrote down, like, Dr. Fauci. Yes. It's
2: too yeah. clinical. Right, right. Exactly. Very, very
1: clinical. Or, like, the other one I wrote down for bad kissers was, like, Scooby Doo, Marmaduke, any cartoon yeah. great Dane, really. <laughs> any cartoon uh, you know, great Dane. Any great yeah.
2: Dane.
0: Wow! Exactly. or not I love exactly. that you have two examples for that one too Like the joke is two examples And then yes. really any cartoon yes. <laughs>
1: And then I looked it up, Steve, and I looked up other cartoon Great Danes, and it was like, the one from the Jetsons. That's it.
2: And, I was like, oh, okay. and then exactly. also this one.
1: That's yeah, exactly. Awesome. It was really fun. So then I just, like, wrote down, like, 15 examples for each, highlighted my favorites, and then, like, worked them in. And then some of them just didn't work, so I had to, like, cut it and be like, what's something else? Or, like, this one's me being too weird. I'm being, like, too specific. Because I, I, I... My favorite thing in comedy is specifics. I think that's what I'm best at. And I knew it. I knew it like a year and a half ago. I was watching uh, sketches by Nick Ciarelli and Brad Evans, who are absolute weirdo geniuses. They're hyper specific. And I watched them and I said, that's what I'm going to do. And (laughs) and I just knew it. I was like, that's how I'm going to do comedy. And it is. I just like it resonated with me a lot where I was like saying weird, specific things is the most fun to do and for me to hear. So then I was like, I'm just gonna do that. But then it's an interesting balance to walk and I'm and I'm struggling with that on this one where I'm like, uh I'm am I being too specific? Am I being too weird for the sake of being weird? I'm not doing like any real setup punchline and I need to like integrate that more. It's uh yeah, it's literally a puzzle I've created for myself that I'm now solving.
0: That's this, so exciting. This
2: is literally yeah. the reason why a lot of people don't think I'm funny. Because I will talk and make jokes about literal f- rocks. Yes, yes. And they'll be like, Yes. What is? Right. Why is that but funny? <laughs> it, it, right, and it, it's like but it, the absurd is very
1: funny and i yeah. think people actually love the absurd and don't realize they love absurdity until they're hearing it and then they're yeah. like oh yeah that is funny to imagine that a rock is climbing up a tree like it's like oh right that that's not something i would have thought about but right. you said it and now i'm picturing it and that's weird Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah they don't do that
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's very fun. Like I did some bit in my last one where like I talked about it, it started where I was like I'm dating men a lot lately, and like I think it's because uh, there's a spider in my apartment, and then I like Anthropomorphize <laughs> the spider to be like some guy who's working from home. He like r- r- works remote, and like that's annoying. Classic. And then Gary. at the end, classic Barry was his name, so that oh my was God. very weird very weird Whoa. and then like you know and then like you just tie it together at the end we're like i pulled out a tiny piece of paper that he had written me a poem and oh, and so that moment crushed which was crazy i just like pulled this tiny piece of paper out of my pocket and and it crushed cuz it was just poem. yeah right exactly and so it's f- funny to be absurd because spiders don't write poems but right. people love living in this fake made up world which I think is partly why people also love cartoons. Yeah,
0: because now you imagine a spider sitting at like a writing desk with a lamp, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, right? pulls and a the bow tie. chain pulls the chain on like the green library <laughs> lamp. Yes. Puts puts yes, some glasses he's on. A feather. Yeah. Like two two of his legs put on some glasses and like <laughs> he's Yeah, yeah are yeah. spiders ambidextrous,
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Right. see, look, now it like opens up this whole new world Octodef- where it's like how
0: Doctodextrous. Octodextrous, Octodextrous.
1: Octodextrous. <laughs> What if he was like seven of his hands were right-handed and one of them was left? handed oh,
0: That's very funny. Yeah, I just, right? I just can't be do so anything weird.
2: with my fourth.
0: I'm right left side dominant. Paw. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's like that's so so funny to picture. And now we've created this whole world right. where a spider can write and is like probably crying because he's in love with me. And that's
0: sure. and, and that's all packed into you pulling out a scrap of paper on stage.
2: <laughs> and they have right. like twelve eyes, right. so it's a significant amount right. of tears.
0: so many tears so many just a
1: puddle so yeah i love living in like the weird made up absurd world it's so fun i like that
0: i will i will tell you that my my uh my sphere my sphere of twitter yeah is better with you in it and the tweets that you you put out like that because yeah i it's a (laughs) good energy i love it a lot thank
1: you so much i i really appreciate that that means a lot it's like (laughs) That's cool to be like, oh, cool. Like the weird little things that come into my mind are making people laugh like across the country. That's so fun. Yep.
0: It's true. It's true. That's Thank that's you. how I feel about podcasting even is like, you know, yeah. like I, we're in the middle of a project right now with the podcast network where I'm sending a bunch of free stickers out to people who fill out a survey. And like, yeah, I, I just dropped envelopes in the mail that are going out to Michigan and Texas. And I'm Whoa, like,
1: oh, that's crazy. I'm
0: like, OK, like. What? right what how did you guys happening? find
1: me yeah. yeah and your your literal voice your brain something that you love and brought to fruition right. is now like going to people who you have never met and right. probably never
0: will yeah, yeah. it really is That's like a crazy. dream coming true every day to me it's, mm. it's just like what is even happening this is insane don't you see how this is insane yeah
1: right right, right. and aren't you guys all in on the joke Rrr. wait you're letting me do the thing i love the most yeah and and it feels really good Okay, I guess I'll keep doing it. Okay, <laughs>
0: yeah. Say the word, mm-hmm. boss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll drop everything. Right. So normally I would have asked this question many, many minutes ago in the podcast. Yeah. The, about the question
2: minutes ago. The question about
0: <laughs> the passions we have as mm-hmm. people. Right. My favorite way to reframe the question because passion is kind of a vague term. Like, what are you passionate about? Is like, I don't know how to put like clothing around that. Like, that's just like a naked mm. mannequin right now mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but so uh the things that you like to think and talk about when you have nothing else to think and talk about comedy has to be one of them yeah <laughs> because we've, yeah, clearly. we've spent half an hour talking about comedy right, at this right. point and i can clearly see you're lit <laughs> no, up about actually... it no she
2: actually Wanted to yeah. talk a lot about marine biology. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. kind of moved away from
1: my true passion: otters. Otters. <laughs> I just yeah. really love
2: anglerfish. You know,
1: <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, it is so interesting. I was really I got into this huge conversation about passion and living an artful life last night with a friend, and just like how I think. Okay, so I'll back up a second and be like, I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> 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 Which basically means nothing, but like I think about like some aspects of it, I think have uh, sure roots in understanding yourself, right? And it's like that's a water sign. All those
0: structures are helpful when they're helpful. You water signs. Like- absolutely.
1: Right. And like being a water sign and you hear a lot about Scorpios. And I think like that sign is is pretty commonly misunderstood, but it's like a very deeply passionate, watery person. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I feel things so deeply and like just like m- uh, feel the movements of the world and like want to be moving with the world all the time. And like, yeah. Yeah. So passion, I think. And I was really realizing last night how important passion is to me where I'm like, oh, I think I'm a very passionate person. Both for the thing I love the most, which is comedy and and writing and creating and performing, mm-hmm. but I'm also so passionate about hearing about other people's passions. You know, where it's like that is titillating to me. Where it's like I want to know what moves you. Why are you on this earth? You know, and th- th- those are so so. I'll I'll break that into two questions or answers. Where it's like, yes, my biggest passion is creating, and like, uh, I, have you guys ever read The Artist's Way? Mm-mm.
0: It's on my to read shelf, but I have not read yeah. it yet. I've heard so it's many in- glowing reviews of it.
1: It's incredible. I, I've only, it's like a program. So it's like 12 weeks yeah. to like kind of, yeah. you know, get through creative blocks. Like
0: morning pages yes. and. The whole, yeah. Yeah,
1: and like artist dates. And so I did the first six weeks of it at the beginning of last year. But like, the and I I eventually want to finish it or like do it again. But nice. uh, she talks so much about like the ways in which the creator, which is just like some spirit or whatever, force bigger than us. And I, I view that as like the human drive to create. Yeah. Where it's like, I think that is the most human thing we do. I think there are two very, very, three very human things we do. Create, laugh and cry. And almost no other animal does those things. Like they all feel fear. They all play. They all survive. They all kind of like have some aspect of like care Mm. for one another. Mm. We, you know, we feel that as love, but like we create, we laugh and we cry. Whoa, that's insane that we have the ability to do that. And I think that that drive exists in every single person to some level or another. And I feel it vibrating my bones where it's like, if I don't feel like I was being creative during a day, I like, Get antsy and like frustrated and like I didn't do anything creative this sucks (laughs) that I I can't function right you know yeah Yeah. and like function best with people who feel similarly where it's like oh right we're 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 being driven by something greater and bigger and higher and deeper and more like connective than just us and like this thing is moving through me to give to other people yeah um Yeah, I feel I feel that like creative passion. I feel like I could cry. (laughs) I just feel it so deeply where it's like this is the most important thing in the world to me. And I think it will always be number one now that I have like re it to the surface.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. That's powerful. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think we're uh, very much on the same page. I mean, like that is literally what this podcast is for right yeah especially for the people i mean like i i was just sick of podcasts being like we have another new york Times best-selling artist or author or whatever on the show totally. and it's like okay great but i also heard this person interviewed on four other podcasts this week i want to know about right. jerry because they're on the media right. circuit and for their book right. or whatever and
2: his taxidermy b- collection i want to know about him <laughs> T- feel the exact same way
1: and like it's so interesting I feel that passion in you too where it's just like oh I because passion is connective right mm. and passion is like what makes us uh bigger yeah. than ourselves and it's like oh and you're like oh all these people are passionate about something oh my god I'm passionate about other people being able to share their passions yeah because Uh, anyway i feel that in you a lot and i i really do it's and it's very cool to feel that in somebody where it's like oh this part of me is seeing this part of you and they're looking each other in the eye and they're going we're doing this thing right whoa yeah
0: yeah yeah that's that's straight up like what they say with the word namaste is like the light in me sees the light in you like Mm -hmm. right right we're connecting in some way oh i love that that's so good yes
1: and it is a light and like it's it's like I feel like it's a watery light where it's just like because because passion moves so much right where it's Mm -hmm. like if if you have that water in you you have to follow that movement it's not stable yeah and it's like you know and I'm sure you feel this too sometimes it's
0: it's a trickle sometimes it's a a surging wave right
1: yes yes and then there's times when you can sit down and you can turn that trickle into a wave Uh because you're just focusing that energy yeah you know and it's like how do you Put that everywhere. I think that passion can exist in so many parts of your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: That makes yeah. me. So have you seen the new Batman that just came no. out? Um, oh so I don't I don't know if you plan to. There's, there's oh a moment. God, I do not. So good. There's a moment, I guess.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the Robert Pattinson Batman. There's a there's a moment where one of the villains like actually pulls off his plan. Right. And blasts a bunch of bombs, breaks the seawall at Gotham. And a ton of water goes rushing in. And I saw people like about it on Twitter being like, oh, we're threatened by like two feet of water. Like, what are you? That's actually not that much water. And then someone tweeted in reply to them with the actual like calculations in physics (laughs) books of like six inches of water can knock a human being flat on their ass. With enough force. Whoa. Like,
1: that's crazy. At
0: the speed that water would be surging in from like six inches of water will knock you flat. So, like, whoa. Yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. It's like, not
2: like, right, right. They're going to be knocked out. out. It's, it's not
0: like 10 hurricanes. to 20 feet tall where you're drowning, but like,
2: right. The, but you can be wiped out. Water, Someone obviously hasn't been near a flash flood.
0: Or like, <laughs>
2: and it shows. <laughs> it shows. However
0: cliche the metaphor is, like, you you know, a river can carve a canyon. Yeah, (laughs)
1: absolutely. Yes. I I think that I was going to say, I think that's a very beautiful metaphor where it's like, where it's like water can knock you off your feet. And I think that's true for, for especially creative passion, where it's Uh like, it can be a trickler. It can be like a a flood, right? But it can also be six inches, which can knock you off your feet. And like, if you love something so much, you want to be knocked off your feet. You want to be swept swept away and, Yes. Yes, Right. You, you, you live, I live for that feeling where it's just like, I want to be so wrapped up in this thing and so consumed and so frustrated and angry and, and, and blown away to come back to like ground.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's even why people use the same metaphor when they talk about like the electricity of falling in love is like swept off my feet. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. Totally. That's just the energy
0: of the universe at that point. Like, come on now.
1: Absolutely. And I'm so curious about that. Oh, oh, okay. So I was talking again, like having this exact conversation last night, which makes me go, okay, synchronicity. Rach, there's something that you really need to be looking at here. (laughs) Here But like like for me, I and I knew this a few months ago, I like took mushrooms before seeing the green night. And I had this realization where I was like, I will never be able to love somebody until I love creating less which I think was an all or nothing statement but there's a truth to it where I think for me creating will always be number one and anything else will always be number two and but that's the thing I love the most in the whole world and I think people who don't have and this this is a broad statement. I'm working on the theory, so you know, don't get mad at me, people. I'm working this out right now. <laughs> don't at where me. It's like right. Yeah, don't at me. You can, but not in a mad way. You know, um, <laughs> I'll block think, you. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I think the creative energy exists in everybody, right? Uh-huh. And I think that needs to be often put into like uh, some actual art or creating. Yeah. But I think some people put that passion that creative energy onto a romantic partner instead and i think that that is a flawed concept i think that, that is not a good idea yeah <laughs> yeah cuz you have that passion and when you meet somebody it's incredible you're like i'm obsessed with you you you're you're all these things to me you're making me feel all of these watery movement ways and i'm seeing the world in a way i've never seen it before and that's beautiful and a person cannot be your creative endeavor
0: right right oh
2: But it needs to be it needs to be if you're taking that creative force and using it to like sustain a relationship that needs to be a dual thing. Like, yes, it needs to be coming from both sides. It can't be coming from one person to the other. Like it needs to meet in the middle and then use that force to be creative outside of it yeah
1: absolutely agree with that right where it's like again how do these how do these creative forces within us see each other Mm -hmm. and either like make something collaboratively or make our own things but we can like love within that creative passion world as opposed to making a person your creative passion wow yeah
0: yeah because there's so much so many more like another human being is an incredibly complicated thing to try and make your passion and at that point like
2: what are you saying, Steven? That
0: dishonors the person who is their own person when you try to make them your project, right? Yes,
1: totally agree. To- or, your, or your main focus. But Steven, if you, you're not passionate about me?
0: But if you're... <laughs> I'm just ignoring it.
2: <laughs> what are you saying? But if you're
0: creating together and generating things together, like the language of partner feels so right yeah. at that point, right? Like we're partnered Absolutely. in something new together.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think the word partner, I'm like, you know, has a lot of queer connotations, which uh, there's a lot of like history there that I like love and respect and honor. Right. And and I think it's a very interesting way of being like, no, we are collaborating in life and in creativity together Yeah. because we are we are we are holding hands and doing this this thing together. Yeah. Whatever that creative project is. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's very interesting. And I think a lot of people probably channel that into their kids, which can be very beautiful, but can also be very (laughs) bad. (laughs) (laughs) For the same
0: reasons, right?
2: Yes, yes, for the exact same reasons. Because
0: then it's a bunch of expectations piled on a child who now- That is essentially
2: your dad when you told him you wanted to do improv. Him saying, no, you should be a teacher- instead of right like if he instead of had he said that
0: that way right that's
2: very true
1: right where it's like wait you're because what's what's interesting and you said this and i'm gonna tie this all back in but it's like you said uh, uh, a human being is a very complex thing to make your passion right and uh because a human being is a universe and you can't because creativity is creative is emergent is uh flowing in water we won't we have a desire to make things the way we want them to be. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh. And um, when you try to do that with a person, whether it's a romantic person or or a kid, that's like taking their creative energy. You're like, well, I want to create you into this thing. And it's like, no, no, no. Hey, you can do that from nothing. You can buy a canvas. You can do it with nothing. You can buy a notebook. You can create it from nothing. But when you're trying to take somebody who is already a universe unto themselves and like trying to create onto it, then that's where like, I think a lot of problems arise and where your creative passions are being uh, led astray. Jeez. And this,
2: that exact <laughs> explanation is my biggest problem with Christianity.
1: Uh. <laughs> you heard it here first,
0: folks. There it is.
1: <laughs> the Pope. Hey, the Pope, we're adding you right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dude, get it are together. Are you listening? Yeah, and he is.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Obviously. You know. Yeah.
1: yeah, no normal people is Pope Francis's favorite podcast. I actually heard it when he was on um Clearly. When Joe he, Rogan. <laughs> yeah, when, he,
2: when he was on oh, Joe Rogan. God. <laughs> the Pope on Joe Rogan. That'll be the day. Oh,
1: that'll oh, be the day.
0: Man. <laughs> that that is as imaginative as a spider writing a love poem.
1: It yeah, right. truly is. <laughs> I love that. I actually love the idea of the Pope being on Joe Rogan. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: that's, that's a good throwaway funny. line in there somewhere. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Can I steal it? Please do. Please go with it. God. Thank forever. you so much. Yeah, um, <laughs> go with God. Also, I uh, just real quickly because I I'm conscious of the fact that we've gone over time already, and I still have a few oh, questions yeah. <laughs> to go with you. But um, I feel like I want a whole heartedly reject the idea of like you stealing that joke from me like i just mm-hmm. want to be like that that's something that just arose out of us yeah enjoying each other today yeah and like you're not stealing anything from me when you say that Thank i might you. say it in the future but it's like it in the future yeah i don't i don't feel like i mean like okay there's there's a literal definition of plagiarism that is problematic right Co-writing. yes yeah but yeah yeah but in this in this case like yeah, I don't feel like you're stealing from me at all.
1: I appreciate that. And I, I actually really love that concept because like what we really just did was like we were generative, we were creative, our like our like interesting, creative, collaborative passions intersected and we played and made this thing. Yeah. yeah. So thank you.
0: You're listening to No Normal People with Rach Angard and we'll be right back with the rest of the interview. If you're enjoying what you're hearing today, would you mind coming over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and telling us about it with a five-star rating and a one or two-sentence review. I know lately, I personally have been helped out tremendously by the thoughtful reviews that fellow listeners leave for new podcasts that I'm searching out. I listen to quite a few podcasts and I'm at the point where it takes quite a lot for me to add a new subscribe to the list. So quite honestly, those reviews do help people like me to see what people like about the show, what resonates with them, and why they keep coming back. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a similar message for a future listener of ours, that would be truly appreciated. You could also come chat with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter, at Pod. that's K-N-O-W, peoplepod. There you can check out the teasers and the quotes we like to feature of every guest as well as check out photos of themselves, maybe help you put a face to a name as they come out. You can also email us at knowpeoplepod at gmail.com with any thoughts you might have, recommendations on how we can make this show better, or if you would like to sign up to be on the show, that's the way to do it through the email. And with that, I think it's time we get back to the rest of our interview with Rach. Outside of this, these uh, just like titanic forces in your life of just like the artistry and the comedy, are there hobbies you like to engage in that are just like, like, I don't know. It's it's always hard to ask is like hobbies feels kind of like a lame word. Like it's a hobby. Um, Yeah,
1: which I. Which is so capitalistic, right? Where it's like, oh, it's just a hobby, right? And it's just like, no, no, no. That's what life is all about, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but I understand where your brain is going. And I'm like, yeah. But honestly, not really. You which really I think into is,
0: spelunking? You're just poured into the... <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah,
1: it... it I, uh you know like comedy was very much a hobby and still technically is Mm -hmm. but it's like very much my life force like writing and comedy and performing is like my life force and that's like all I do is just like perform and write and and I I guess my hobby would be hanging out with friends
0: (laughs) right yeah just being social I guess
1: yes like that's my other huge passion too just like talking to people existing in a room
2: with another human
1: Uh, It's like the best thing in the entire world, you know, (laughs) and and I like don't really have any other hobbies right now, which I was thinking about because there's so many things I'm interested in doing. Yeah, but do not have the time like Katie and I were going to take a roller skating class and then we had a sketch uh, thing that kind of like didn't work with it and we're we're gonna go in a couple weeks and like that's what I would like to be my hobby is roller skating I Literally, bought roller skates last year amazing. yeah with some stimulus Literally money me
2: uh, and my friend we were like we should just really get into roller skating this summer it's
1: hot <laughs> it's so hot I like all suddenly my Instagram was like flooded with like hot roller skating girls yeah. and I was like
2: I want to do that I want to be
1: roller near skating them girl. I mean
2: I want to roller skate yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Like do I want to be you? Do I want to kiss you? I cannot tell, but I'll do both, you tongue. know?
2: Right? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> no.
1: Famously no You're tongue, not Mama Duke.
2: So. <laughs> That's
1: exactly <laughs> yes. right. Yes. So, I guess it's like I have aspirational hobbies. Sure. Yeah.
0: Oh, I Yeah. I'm totally with you there. I get that a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right, um, right.
0: Do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines?
1: In the morning, Yeah, I like really try to I get up, I do yoga and for the most part, I would like to say that that's an everyday thing. But, you know, some days you drink too much on a Wednesday, you wake up on a Thursday and you go, "Uh, it's too late. Not today. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I like for the most part, most days I do yoga and then. So my biggest routine right now is while I'm making breakfast, I play Wordle and uh, I know everybody's playing Wordle at breakfast, yes. so I'm not unique in that way. But it's so it's like my thing I do while I'm making breakfast. And then I my dad and I send each other our Wordle scores every day.
2: That's adorable. Nice.
1: Yeah, which has been really fun. I like that. Yes, yeah, so that's my morning routine. And then every day I journal and mm. that happens whenever kind of the mood strikes, essentially.
0: Yeah. What does and that then, process look like? Do you like to follow like? Specific prompts every day or a lot of free writing?
1: Mostly all free writing. Like, okay. And uh, I work from home right now, which means I am constantly thinking and constantly in my own head. So I'm constantly overthinking every single thing. Totally, um, obviously, yeah, right, yeah. And so it's just like what's been going through my brain that day. What do I feel like I need to work out? Which I think is like both a blessing and a curse, because then I always feel like I have to work something out, mm. which means I can never just like let something be. Uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Where that it's like, it. but I have to think about this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's just whatever I'm thinking about, and then it kind of just like. Sometimes we'll go other places. Or sometimes I'm like, I need, I need specifically to think about this one thing because I haven't been thinking about it. Amazing. Yeah. So I, I journal like basically every single day. Probably miss like one day a month.
0: Wow. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. That is a, yeah. a an ingrained habit then.
1: Yes, it really is, which I've been doing for four years at this point, which is cool. Very fun. I'm very my journals are like my most precious thing. Uh, and yeah. yeah. And the nighttime routine, you know, I just like it really my my all of my days are so different but it's just the basic where it's like mm-hmm. i'm just gonna i gotta wash my face brush my teeth get into pajamas get into bed and go to sleep i don't really quite have t- my nighttime routine is very small yeah. whereas my morning routine is very long
0: yeah i like that though a good ramp up time in the morning yes is so good. gotta
1: have ramp up time right
0: do you what's your favorite notebook and pen for journaling i'm a nerd like this
1: I can't tell you how much this question means to me and we'll compare answers. So I uh, my favorite notebook brand is paper P-I-P-I-E-R just like a gorgeous they they uh, hire artists to create the covers. Yeah. And they're beautiful hardback the perfect spacing because I have kind of big handwriting. And here's the one problem with paper. And I hope they're listening. And actually, I hope everybody's listening because this is also this is also a request to my friends that um, I would never actually say to them. So most of their notebooks, their journals, you customize some aspect of it. I feel very silly customizing it for myself. I've mostly turned it into jokes. Like one of them, I just wrote like girls only keep out, you know, um, <laughs>
0: that's but gold, I, I, by the way.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. One of them, I almost made poo poo pee pee. And then I decided not to do that. <laughs> probably another
0: one that sounds like right Right around the time you became friends with katie because that's a uh, a staple (laughs) that
2: is
1: yeah (laughs) honestly i think you're right actually
2: (laughs) that's a
0: staple that's very
1: (laughs) funny staple a staple on brand (laughs) yes thank you classic yeah Classic. classic You could. Classic. Say. <laughs> <laughs> and so I desperately want somebody to gift me. a People try to give me journals, which I'm so grateful for. But yeah. I'm like, please stop. This is the journal brand I love. Paper brand. And yeah. paper brand. And if you're going to get me a journal, customize it. Oh, my God. I would love that. Are you listening, so, Connor? Are you listening? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. They have stationery too. And then pen. I'm very specific about my pens. And I'll tell already, you a fun story I can with this. See it.
2: I already. Yes. I already freaking know. It's,
1: it's a Pilot G two point three eight. I go the tiniest one. Point three eight. baby. My handwriting is so thick naturally, and I write. I only write in cursive. So if it's thicker, it looks crazy. It's oh, like illegible. Yeah. It looks like a crazy yeah.
0: person is writing. Right, in cra- exactly. Right. Or like a so child like, is holding a pen like this. <laughs> yeah. exactly. It right? Just like and full trying fist so hard to write. the crayon. Um, yes. What's
1: that one? Exactly. I don't know
0: what this one is. It's honestly not Pilot. This one you, honestly, are you a pilot boy? I'm a pilot boy. So this was a this was a gift from my mother in law. This is I'm honestly I'm the kind of person who likes to run uh the he will inkwell completely it dry been. before I switch pens. Absolutely. So I got this yes. one as a gift. It's not my favorite just because the the barrel is thicker than the one you're holding. I love a yeah. standard pilot G two. I like that rubber grip yep. on it and it's love thin the rubber grip. enough, right? Yep uh yeah so this is this is a pilot i i don't i think it's a 0.5 i can never so find it p- for me 0.38
1: oh oh my god target
0: target okay no
1: let me are you guys ready for this very hilarious story about pens yes so everybody knows how specific i am about pens it's like that's the reach thing right and so Classic. for my classic Rach. And for, <laughs> for my birthday this last year, uh, my friend Chris took me out to dinner and like grabbed a bag from the back of his car and I'm opening It's like full of a bunch of tissue paper and I open it and, or no, it was a box, unwrap it. I open it and, uh, it's just full of a bunch of things of tissue paper. And I unwrap each of the tissue paper and inside is one pilot G2.38 pen. And so it's probably like 20, Laughing so hard, opening, there's like a growing pile of, you know, tissue paper. paper. Right. And then we're, yeah, right. And then we're like eating, we're drinking, having so much fun. He's like, I have to go to the bathroom. He comes back with a bigger box. I unwrap it. Oh my it. God. Inside the box is a bunch of individually wrapped Pilot G2.38 pens. Losing my uh. absolute mind. A huge growing pile of tissue paper. He goes to the bathroom again. No. Did not occur to me he comes back with an even bigger really long box i open it each another box full of individually wrapped pilot g2.38 oh. pens so long so tall L- absolutely losing my mind cracking up crying of laughter people are watching us because it's just an insane thing you're to see in at this public
0: restaurant. unwrapping in all public? these pens
1: yes it was so funny and i was just absolutely losing my mind we threw everything away I was working at a cafe at the time, so we go to my house to go get the cake they made me. And he's like, "I have one more present for you."
0: Oh, (laughs) stop! stop. It's another pen.
1: (laughs) So he gives me a bag full of more individually wrapped Pilot G two point three eight pens it was the funniest gift i've ever gotten in my life and now i have 60 probably like now like 52 of these it's pens it's so incredibly at my specific
0: house. but yeah so you so <laughs> you also crap. run them empty before you move on to the next one you have to you have to run them empty i love that goodness gracious Rach. this afternoon has been a it's delight it's been I, so much
1: fun you guys are so fun to talk to
0: <laughs> i'm i'm beaming i like i'm going to be riding this high for a long time
1: Yes, me too. I know. I'm like my cheeks. They hurt. Uh,
0: Here we go. Uh I love it. So coming to a point where we're winding down the podcast, we want to check in with what you're currently consuming right now. Yeah. So let's start with what you're current. Thank you. (laughs) We clarified this. A lot of asparagus. Yeah. Um, What are you currently reading?
1: So I actually just started a book club with some people that I know from improv, which is fun. So I just started reading the book is called The Secret Lives of Color, Mm. which is a fascinating book. She just like she like she does it, you know, within color families, then one specific color in there and talks about like the cultural and social history of that color. Right. And like the way it was made and stuff. It's it's been on my list for probably four years. And now we're finally reading it. Yeah, It's a really, really interesting book.
0: Most excellent. In the new book club, too
1: in the new book club even. But before that, I was obsessed with short stories. I read so many short story collections at the beginning of the year. yeah. Um, And I was like, oh, short stories are the best. I
0: love them so much. Amazing. Um, What are you currently watching? Like shows you're in the middle of or movies you've recently seen?
1: I don't really watch TV. I just don't have time. (laughs) So I'm not really watching. And I recently got booted off of my old roommate's a Netflix account yeah, for like, not paying, yeah, yeah, and uh, for like not paying, which is fair, but definitely felt like we're closing this chapter. I no longer have the Netflix password, you know. Yeah, it's over. Is our friendship is done? the, and the New chapter
0: so, in your homework now. Yeah, that's like exactly right. The end of the Netflix <laughs> chapter.
1: That's exactly right. That's what I have to the, call the next. It's one. a pretty
0: pivotal moment. Yeah, it's
1: a pivotal moment. Password um, access. So,
0: that's yeah. that's a great title. <laughs>
1: It's that is a really good title password access. So I the last movie I saw was Licorice Pizza. Oh in theaters. Yeah. I heard
0: many good things. I haven't seen it, but
1: I have a lot of thoughts about it and I've talked about it at length with people where I both like absolutely loved it and also didn't love it. Yeah. You know, and so it was very interesting. Um, but I'm getting I like want to go to the movies more. I like I like going to the movies and making it a thing. Totally. It's fun. I totally. didn't used to like it and now I love it.
0: What are you currently listening to? Let's start with podcasts you're into.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get back into freedom, which is you guessed it, Paul F. Tompkins, uh, <laughs> yeah, Lauren Lapkus, and Scott Ackerman, just talking and being funny. It's like very frenetic energy. It's very fun. Three of the funniest people around. And then uh, I, I will recommend a podcast that I haven't listened to in a while, but it's called The Teachers Lounge, and it's an improvised podcast with four of the best. Cre- Have you listened? Yes. It's so good. It's talk about frenetic and insane and hilarious and specific. It's so good. So um, just like four teachers.
0: So the host of Hey Riddle Riddle are good friends with the Teacher's Lounge people.
1: Oh, awesome. That's all I needed to really hammer that That's home the real <laughs> sale right there. Yes.
2: yes she, because yeah. So going to listen to it.
1: I'm going to listen, but probably first by Mike Robiglia.
0: Yeah. Big Grande then, too, though.
1: Big Grande, they're nuts. They're so good. They're also friends with the
0: Hey Riddle Riddle crew. So,
1: Cool. Okay. Okay. I'm I think doing they've it.
0: been on Hey Riddle Riddle as guests before. So. Oh, that's
1: where I'll start. This Please is perfect. Please do. Please Because I love them. Yeah. They're so nuts. But the one I'm really listening to right now is Seek Treatment with Kat and Pat. And they're just like two Brooklyn comics. Kat Cohen actually is about to have her first Netflix special come out on Tuesday, what? which is so exciting. She does like kind of cabaret style musical comedy, like mm-hmm. just sings these songs. uh she is glamour. She's Amazing. like comedy glamour. I love Amazing. her. <laughs> Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about music? What comes up when you open like a Spotify or other streaming spot?
1: Okay, so every once in a while, I get really obsessed with an artist uh-huh. and an album. Uh-huh. I, I I can hop a lot. I hop a lot, but every once in a while, I have like a phase. So, uh, I have. N- Almost, it's been very classic. It's been very (laughs) hard to pull myself away from Saint Cloud by Waxahachie. I can, it's an unbelievable album. It's, Mm -hmm. her voice is gorgeous. The lyrics are incredible. It's like Americana. It's so good. I I like had to pull myself away because I listened to it for like three weeks straight.
0: (laughs) Wow, very nice. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: All right, Rach, our final question for you. Um, yes, is what does the word normal mean to you?
1: Man, I feel like it almost is meaningless. It's like feels so trivial at this point, where it's like what it's like definitionless.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is truly what my brain goes like. I see the word, I hear the word normal, and then I go like flip through my mental Rolodex, try to like project any images, and it's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cannot, which find is fascinating. Error. Yeah, I think, right. <laughs>
0: that's a good relationship to have with the word i think is like having like if you were raised with some form of like this is what normal people are like or like yeah but having having spent time with it and kind of like deconstructed it enough to be like this is a b- concept altogether <laughs> right totally. like totally how dare we think that like one specific type of person is normal or
1: our lifestyle or whatever—it is yeah. very interesting because I grew up in a very like traditionally normal town, right? That mm-hmm. suburb that I grew up totally. in is very like. I like recently got invited to my ten-year high school reunion and like whoa. on Facebook, which I almost never go on, but then became obsessed with like looking at all these people I haven't talked to in ten yeah. years, right? And Same. I was like, whoa, they're like living these like normal lives. They like have kids and like houses and like careers, and I am nowhere close to that or interested in that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and so it's so fascinating where it's like. Oh right, they have this definition of normal, and I look at it and I go, oh, that's not. I don't even think I have a definition of it. Yeah, I did use it today. I was like looking at an outfit I was trying on, and I was like, that's too like norm (laughs) core. Norm core. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's like I have to change. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Wow. I live in
2: cottage core. Norm is a little too (laughs) sus for me. Too
1: sus. Norm is (laughs) (laughs) sus.
2: <laughs> oh my God.
0: <laughs> I like that. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Rach, would you tell anyone listening where they could find you on the internet if they are so inclined to?
1: Yes, please, please find me on the internet. On Instagram, I'm bit of a Rach. And then you can follow if you live in the Denver area and like want to see my show, you can follow the flea market show on Instagram so you can find out when those shows are. And then Twitter is kind of where the real magic happens. And I, I think can it's vouch just for that. At, yeah. <laughs> so listen, Stephen will vouch for it. OK, Yeah. it's just at Rach Angard uh, on Twitter.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I'll put yeah, links to all me. that in the show notes, too, so people can just tap. Perfect. And tap and go, as they say. Perfect. Does anyone say Thank that? You. Why did I say that that way? I don't
1: know. No, everybody says it. That's yeah, a that's normal pretty. thing to that's say. Hey. Yeah. Basic.
0: <laughs> Thank you for affirming me
2: with this one. Uh-huh. It's a very straight white man thing to say. And that's why they say it. Yeah.
0: There it is. <laughs> um Rach, would you close us out by reading our favorite quote?
1: Absolutely, I'd be honored. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well.
0: Come on now, Did I, didn't I tell you? Rach is funny! This conversation will forever put a smile on my face. Rach is so sincere and so earnest in everything she pours herself into, and she is truly hilarious. I defy you to come away from this conversation not feeling like you could go conquer the world with your latest creative project. So for what it's worth... I think you should do it. Write that book. Start that band. Record that podcast. Write that song. Schedule that event. It's all just out there, waiting for us to do something with it, isn't it? Ah. Thank you to Rach for spending so much time with us. Thank you for listening to an extended episode with yet another normal person that proves that really none of us are normal, are we? So with that, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Welcome to The Whiskey Bench, where we pair cocktails with conversation.
2: Whether we're diving deep into a meaty subject like the history of fascism, or why monetary policy drives inflation, or just bringing you the highlights of a crazy news week, we aim to look past the simple answers and discuss the complexity of our
0: wild world. So pull up a chair, pour yourself a drink, and join us on The Whiskey Bench.
2: Highline Media Network, artist-owned podcasts
1: by normal people in normal places.